This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Well, of course, uh, one other uh, story that we'll be watching uh, for later this afternoon is the outcome of a meeting of the Reserve Bank's Monetary uh, Policy uh, Committee um, that takes place uh, later this morning. And uh, the most analysts are predicting that uh, interest rates will remain at a record low. The Reserve Bank is expected to hold the repo rate steady in 2021, with economists predicting an increase by 25 basis points in January or March. March of 2022 with another quarter percentage point hike in the second half of next year. Let's speak to economist uh, Duma Kubule who joins us uh, on the line. Morning to you, Duma. Thanks as always for joining us. Hi, Kiki. How are you? Very well. Thanks, Trusty. You are well too. Um, what are the considerations for and against uh, uh, a hike, uh, I mean, a change in interest rates? You know, Titi, I want to say, you know, our inflation rate is at 2.9%. Um, th- this is the lowest that it's been that I can remember. And, well um, below our, target. <laughs> yeah, well below target, below the target range mm. of the Monetary Policy Committee. I don't see any reason why interest rates can't be cut further. Our economy is in a desperate situation, and whatever relief we can provide to South Africans, it would be welcome. But um, I've given up, you know, talking about the Reserve Bank. You know, what we need in South Africa, quite frankly, is a developmental central bank. You know, the the central bank can be the most important institution in our country. Let me give you an example. I was reading the budget review recently, and the terms of the new development bank loan are a five-year payment holiday. The terms of the IMF loan are a three-year payment holiday. Why can't the Reserve Bank lend money to the government on exactly the same terms a five-year payment holiday that we only have to pay when the economy recovers. And we can provide financing to our government and, the, and to finance a fiscal stimulus to get our economy out of this crisis. There is no reason why that can't happen. It has just been this ideological. The only reasons are ideological because I think our Reserve Bank is, you know, is, is wedded to this ancient um, ideological model of what a reserve bank should do. Yeah. One of the arguments that are being made that um, we could soon that that the rising oil prices, you know, could soon lead to pressure on inflation, and that that might be an argument uh, for uh, and also the sluggish economic growth as well uh, or non-existent economic growth. That uh, these could be arguments of for or rather against a cut in interest rates or further cuts. Okay, so let's start with the, the first one: oil price. You know, um, a central bank is not supposed to um, respond to what we call cost push um, drivers of inflation. That is the exchange rate. That is uh, the oil price. Um, I remember um, the Communist Party once famously said, "You can't shoot blanks at a." at the world oil price. It will cause chaos with our monetary policy if we have to respond each time the oil price increases. Central banks are supposed to respond to demand pressures in the economy. And right now, the demand is very weak in our economy. Mm. And um, we could have a third wave, a fourth wave by the end of the year. And that will cause chaos to our economy and reduce demand further than what is forecast by the Reserve Bank. So that on its own 
is an argument for cutting interest rates and providing financing. To, and must remember, the central bank can do much more than just cut interest rates, in, as in other countries. It can provide financing to your development finance institutions. I was in China just before COVID, and the Central People's Bank of China had introduced a facility for to to finance small businesses um, in China because the economy of China is um, dominated by um, large state-owned companies. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Bank of England, you know, TT, I support, you know, in the in, in the UK, a team called Spurs. And the Bank of England provided... <laughs> no one's perfect, finance. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said the, the Bank of England provided a financial facility to a football club. I mean, come on. And this, mm-hmm. this gives you an idea what what central banks are doing throughout the world to support their economies, that they can even give um, financial support to a football club. Why can't our central bank give support to black-owned businesses? Mm. I don't see any reason why they can't do that, you know. Yeah. And then uh, you, you touched on the the effects of the pandemic uh, on uh, the economy here. How How is that going to be factored in, or how should it be factored in, now that we are told that we are on the verge or, of another, uh, or that the third wave is imminent? You know, um, I remember last year, the central bank governor, um, just before the lockdown, they said um, they had to change their their forecast was wrong. We all knew that there would be a lockdown, but the central bank, the day before the lockdown, I think, they said they didn't know that there would be a lockdown. Um, And so they produced a wrong forecast for um, GDP growth for the year. And we all, the whole South Africa knew that there would be a lockdown and it would impact on our economy. So I'm just saying that the Reserve Bank gets all its forecasts wrong and they should be factoring the, I mean, the, the, the Treasury in its budget review, factors that in. And they have a low growth scenario of 1.6% if we have third and fourth waves of GDP, I mean, third and fourth waves of um, the pandemic, yeah. So I just think that um, what is happening in South Africa, is, I've never, when a TT, seen a situation where there is so much uncertainty around the course of the, the mm, economy this mm. year. And um, I, 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 can't, I can't even predict what's going to happen. Last year, it was easy to predict. We knew that the, we all had our models based on what happened in Wuhan, and we knew what hit would happen to our economy. But right now, we just don't know what will happen here. Tuman Kobuda, as always, thanks so much for your insights. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Titi. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.